And it's really to outline and identify like, okay, where am I vibrationally? And what's something that's like attainable in this moment for me to reach towards? Maybe I can't go from feeling really sad to feeling really happy, but maybe I can go from feeling sad to feeling disappointed, to feeling bored, to then feeling a little bit hopeful. It's all about just using the scale to your advantage to help you emotionally in a more gentle way. everybody. Welcome back to one of your favorite podcasts. We hope high vibe in it. It's your girl, Kelsey Aida and your other home girl, Lindsay Robinson. Hello. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say hi. Say hi to the peeps. And yeah, today we're doing another solo episode for you guys. And we thought it would be really beneficial to go into the concept of the emotional guidance scale and working with your emotions incrementally because so often I think we try to jump the Grand Canyon and go from feeling really shitty to feeling really good (laughs) and sometimes that's just not the vibrationally easy way to go about it (laughs) that's the forceful way that might not even be vibrationally possible in a certain moment So we are all about, you know, trying to embrace ease and relieve suffering on this show. So we thought it would be a really good topic to dive into today. So Linz, do you want to just give a brief explanation maybe of your perspective of what the emotional guidance scale is? And we'll just start with the basics and go from there. Yeah. So um, I... I know this as a concept introduced by Abraham Hicks. A lot of our listeners will know who they are. And the emotional guidance scale is this concept that, you you know, it looks kind of like a, like a scale or like a ladder where at the very bottom you have hopelessness, despair, um, hatred, and these aren't in the exact order. I'm actually going to pull up a picture so I I can reference it. Do you want me to read it? Oh no, I got it. Um, So really the, the bottom, 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 is powerlessness. The worst, that's the idea that the worst thing you can feel is fear, hopelessness, powerlessness, despair. There's nothing that can be done. This is just what it is. So that's where the, that's at the bottom. And then at the very top is the exact opposite of that, which is empowerment, joy, freedom, gratitude, love, all of these things, which is, you know, arguably where you want to be in order to manifest whatever it is you desire. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff in between every emotion, every feeling, every state of being that a human could be in. And the goal of the emotional guidance scale is really to find where you are honestly, (laughs) truly with yourself. Where am I on the scale? And in the middle is really boredom and neutrality. It's where you don't really care either way. You're not horribly, you know, in a bad place and you're not in the best place you could be. It's just neutral. Um, And then once you find out where you are, you can then take action or take steps to move up the emotional guidance scale. And the idea is that even if you can move up one rung on that ladder, you are doing well and everyone can go up at least one. So that it's kind of like, spoiler alert, you already can do it, but here's how, and here's, here's the direction that you want to go in. So if you feel hatred and rage, your next step up would be discouragement and blame. 
again, it's not ideal, but it is one step above where you are. And then of course, if you're at contentment, satisfaction, the one step up from there is optimism, belief, and faith. So no matter where you are, there is a place to move up from. That's, I think, the basic way to describe it. Did I miss anything, Kels? I would just add that essentially the emotional guidance system is a representation of our emotions on a scale that's vibrational. So Mm -hmm. the ones that are lower on the scale, so to speak, it's not that they're worse. It's just that those are the lower vibrational or more dense frequencies that you would experience in your emotional body. And then as you move up, they get lighter and more high vibrational. So Mm -hmm. obviously this show is called High Vibe in it. We value hanging out in a high vibe place, but you can't be there all the time. It's not realistic and it's not self-loving to expect that of yourself either. So that's why it's nice to know that you can move in a good vibrational direction, one of wellness without having to go from feeling super shitty to feeling super happy all in one swoop. You can just work towards the next feeling that's in the vibrational vicinity of where you are now, but that feels slightly better. Yes. And I do have, I mean, we can talk about this before the episode ends, but I do have prompts that I've kind of uh, learned to ask myself, my clients, when we're doing the emotional guidance scale, I have it in my membership as well. But if anybody just Googles what this looks like, emotional guidance scale, and you can ask yourself these prompts to help you navigate through it. But yes, I agree. I wouldn't, as much as we resist calling any feeling bad or worse than another, they are definitely heavier. And so it translates usually in the body as like, Ooh, I don't want to be here. I do not want to be here. What am I doing here? How can I move up? And so that's what the emotional guidance scale helps you to do. Because again, at the top of the scale is alignment, right? That is the, the, the idea of the vortex where you want to be uh, to allow manifestations and blessings to come to you. Um, and you feel good. So yeah. And I, I will give the caveat that you don't have to be high vibe all the time in order for your manifestations to happen. Because when you're in the low vibe aspects, that's when you create the desire. That's when you are experiencing the contrast that's giving you clarity that will I always call this like step zero of the manifestation process is the contrast. Like you're already manifesting what you want by experiencing the opposite of it. So if you find yourself in a low vibe state, it's nothing that you have to move out of or judge or, you know, blame yourself for. It's just a part of the experience and it's actually a part of the manifestation process. So keep that little seed in the back of your mind um, just as we go through this process. And I think it yeah. is fair to say that while some are not better, some emotions are not better or worse than others, I would say some definitely feel better than others, which is the purpose for this conversation. Yes. And at any point in the day, every human falls somewhere on this scale. Um, and yeah, you're right. You don't, you're not at the top all the time and you shouldn't be at the top all the time. Cause as we say a lot on the show, we came here to experience it all. And some days you, you came here to experience grief and you came here to experience, you know, some level of powerlessness, especially because as Kelsey said, so perfectly, it is just as important to know what you don't want as it is to know what you do want. I don't think you can get to where you, what you do want without knowing what you don't want to. Um, the whole point I think, or one of the important objectives is not to dwell in the lack too long you can have yeah. a pity party but don't make it last forever girl 
I think there's a big difference between feeling and dwelling. Mm -hmm. Ruminating. Yeah. Ruminate. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuanced, but there is a difference. (laughs) Yeah. So actually I need to mention too, that on my website, I have a PDF that has the emotional guidance skills. So if you guys want a printable, I'll link to that in the show notes. Cause I have just like a really basic, simple one. So you can just see it visually because I'm so visual. Um, but I think we should go through the whole thing just as a little, you know, let's read through it. And then visually people can mm-hmm. grasp more in their mind as they're listening. So at the top of the scale, we'll just start at the top. You have- Why are we going to start at the top and then move down to the bad stuff? I'd say we start at the bad <laughs> stuff and move up to the okay, good stuff. Okay, we'll start at the bottom. So the low vibe places that we hang out from time to time would be labeled according to the emotional guidance scale, fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. Okay, these are not fun places to hang out in, but what you can go for when you're in those spaces next up on the rung, if you want to use the latter analogy, would be insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. And then from there, you can move up to jealousy, hatred, rage, which sounds scary, but it actually is moving in the right direction because when you get mad, you're usually taking your power back. Yep. Um, then it moves revenge. up Don't to- Don't forget revenge. Mm-hmm, revenge, <laughs> anger, disappointment, blame, worry. I'm just going through them kind of one by one. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Oh, can I say, while we're reading through these, Try to think of like the word that describes where you are right now. <laughs> Might be yeah. Fun. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling checking. <laughs> um, and then after doubt, we have disappointment, overwhelmment, um, and then somewhere in the middle is frustration, irritation, impatience, and then you have pessimism, boredom. And now we're moving up from boredom is kind of where I feel like the switch. I feel like boredom is mm-hmm. really the neutral spot, even the though it's kind of higher up on the scale. And then you go into contentment, hopefulness, and then optimism, and then positive expectation and belief, and then enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness, and then passion. And then the top, the creme de la creme of feelings that we love to feel would be joy, appreciation, empowerment, freedom, and love. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a little, little taste well, really, it's the whole taste of the emotional guidance scale, just so you have an idea. And it's really to outline and identify like, okay, where am I vibrationally? And what's something that's like attainable in this moment for me to reach towards? Maybe I can't yeah. go from feeling really sad to feeling really happy, but maybe I can go from feeling sad to feeling disappointed, to feeling bored, to then feeling a little bit hopeful. It's all about just using the scale to your advantage to help you emotionally in a more gentle way. Yes. And again, there is somewhere for you to go that is up, no matter where you, no matter if you're at the bottom of the bottom of this scale, there is a way to move up. And the beautiful thing about the emotional guidance scale is you don't have to do, you don't have to jump the Grand Canyon. You don't have to do a lot for you to feel uh, a big sense of relief in some way. So I remember, I'm not there now, thank goodness, but I remember being in a place of, uh, I don't, I can't, it was definitely wasn't the bottom, but it was definitely worry and doubt. On my worst, worst days, it is discouragement, worry, doubt, you know, pessimism, it's never going to happen for me, whatever. Um, And I think we can all relate to that feeling. And even in those moments, you can at any point ask yourself, okay, 
what needs to happen? What is one thing I can do right now to move up one? So if I'm at pessimism, and I would say impatience too, if I'm at pessimism and impatience, what's one thing I can do to just be neutral, to just be bored, (laughs) (laughs) right? And then maybe when you're bored, you can move up another one to hopefulness. What do I need to do to be hopeful today? And maybe that takes more than a day. Maybe it takes, maybe you're, you do one today and then you can focus on doing another one tomorrow. And a lot of times for me, the best way to move up the ladder is to start writing down reasons that I, reasons that where I'm at right now is temporary or reasons that where I'm going, you know, up on the scale, uh, reasons that those that's already true. So what is a reason for me to be hopeful right now? What is a reason for me to be satisfied or eager? And, you know, that can be different for everybody. But for me, I never lose hope, right? The universe can surprise you in many ways at any given moment. So just the fact that I remember that gives me that sense, that little jolt of positivity that will help me move up the ladder. You know what I mean? Yeah, or at least a sense of openness so you don't feel like you're going to be stuck forever where you are, stuck feeling how you feel for a long time. And I love your processes and I want to interject one even before that, which would be to validate where you are and how you feel before you try to move out of it. Because it's very easy to use these positive practices as a way of resisting how you feel, which is not going to help you to manifest what you want because it's just another form of resistance. So if you're using these tools to avoid feeling what you feel, it's not actually going to help you. So the first, first step, I would say even before Lindsay's beautiful practices of moving up would be to validate how you feel, which can look like one, recognizing it. Okay. Like tuning into the body. How am I actually feeling about this? Am I disappointed? Am I mad? I don't know. And then once you identify, okay, I think I'm like, I'm actually feeling pretty mad about this. Like I'm pretty pissed off. And I think it's because, you know, such and such violated my boundary and maybe going forward, like the piece of information that's valuable from this anger is like, now I recognize where my boundary is. So maybe I can express that Mm -hmm. I can do better. So people aren't crossing it unconsciously. Like every bad emotion has a message for you. So before you leave that emotional space, I would ask like, okay, how am I feeling? Let's just make it okay to feel like that for a moment. And also like, what is the important information that's helpful here that this emotion this messenger is trying to give me and then once you extract that information and you've you know been with it for a couple of breaths then I would invite you to if you feel open and ready to start moving up the scale and that can look like Lindsay's practices and also asking like what is a thought I could think that would just make me feel a tiny bit better Mm -hmm. right now in this moment which is kind of like what you were saying what you would know. you like to believe in this moment? What would you like to believe? It's such a nice like trick for people who are like, well, I don't believe it. Okay, but if you could, what would it be? It's like a yeah. nice backdoor way to get you to open your mind a little bit. And even if you don't believe it now, um, what is another thought that maybe is believable that helps you just to feel a little bit less horrible? <laughs> because usually when we're having these emotional experiences of suffering, a lot of the suffering is unintentionally self-inflicted via our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Because every thought you have is going to create a certain experience in your body. 
for example, if you have the thought that I suck at this and that means I'll never be able to do it and I'm going to be a failure and that's the end, that's going to create a response in your body. You're probably going to feel powerless. That makes sense. And it's valid that you would feel powerless after having that thought. I think anybody would. Yeah. And in the same in the same sense, you could have a thought, you could be having the same exact experience in your life of, oh, this is not going well, but you could have the thought of, well, just because it's not going well now, it doesn't mean it's always going to be like this. Just because I haven't figured it out yet doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm not going to figure it out. In so, fact, there's probably much, like a lot of evidence to prove otherwise if you look back over your life. like You probably have a lot of evidence to prove that not only is this temporary, but it's going to work out even better than you wanted or you could hope, you know? Yeah. So it's really a practice of, you know, feeling your, feeling your feelings, noticing them, validating them, giving love to the part of you that feels like that, and then climbing your way out of it. <laughs> and you don't have to stay stuck there forever. Yes, 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 yes. And here's the beautiful thing. Another beautiful thing about the emotional guidance scale is it doesn't necessarily encourage you to feel good, but it always encourages you to feel less shitty right? Like sometimes (laughs) it's not about feeling good. Sometimes it's just about taking a little load off. Sometimes it's about taking some weight off your shoulders and feeling a little less burdened until you can move up even farther into feeling good. So, you know, as with everything else, don't take this tool and expect to go from the bottom to the top. That is jumping the Grand Canyon and exactly what you're not supposed to do. But Well, you can do it, but it's just harder. (laughs) Who can do it, Kels? I've never met anybody that can go from powerless to empowered in just by using this tool or really any like that. Isn't that spiritual bypassing? Isn't that what we talk about here? Toxic positivity. Maybe that's what it is. Like you can do it, but it's just not sustainable in any sense of the word. Hey, Lindsay here. What if I told you you could get unlimited access to some of my best hypnotherapy, mindset hacks, and courses right at your fingertips anytime you want it? It's all inside my Align Your Mind membership. Joining AYM gets you instant access to my entire digital hypnotherapy library with topics for any desire you have, plus a huge selection of bonus content, courses, trainings, and resources for deep, long-lasting transformations that I reserve for members' eyes only. Whatever you desire to embody or release, I got you covered, and there's always something new to explore and benefit from. Your biggest desires are waiting to be achieved, and the AYM membership can get you there. So to join and get more info, hit the link in the episode description and start exploring your limitless potential. Well, I would say it's just like not... I mean, miracles happen. It's definitely possible, but I would say that's like the exception to the rule. (laughs) And if you're always trying to go for like the best possible feeling in every single moment, you're not really setting yourself up for emotional success or you're also not setting yourself up to experience life fully. If you actually look at the scale, you'll notice that the majority of the feelings are under boredom. So the majority of them are not like the best feelings. (laughs) There's a small, I'd say like a third of them at the top are like the ones that we love to hang out in and the ones that we prefer, but it's not half and half, like how you would think. You would think, oh, the top half is all the beautiful emotions I love and the bottom half is all the shitty ones that I hate. But really, (laughs) there's actually more uncomfortable ones, I would say, than comfortable ones. And that's just the human experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because again, It's just as important to feel 
and to know what you don't want as it is to know what you do want. And yes, it is. It's like a, it's not completely the iceberg analogy where it's a teeny tiny bit at the top and a giant stuff, a lot at the bottom, but it is a little unbalanced, you know, and right below boredom is frustration, impatience, and pessimism. And I don't really get on board with the pessimism. I don't think I'm a negative thinker. I think that I am impatient a lot. So you might even just feel one of these, but you don't have to adopt the whole section. Like, I don't think I'm a pessimistic person. I do think I'm hella impatient. When was the last time people said that word? Hella Mm -hmm. impatient. And I think that's one of my biggest challenges is, is going from impatience to, you know what, it's all going to work out in perfect timing, because that is what I would like to believe. And that I would like to believe that I can wait. I can wait as long as it takes and I will be dazzled when it arrives. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's important to note that you don't have to look at this list and imply effort because naturally, if you can just get into a state of relief or release, you'll naturally float up the scale yeah. without having to try or do practices or think your way there. You'll naturally feel better after you cry it out. You'll naturally feel better after you go for a run. You'll naturally feel better once you know the circumstance that was causing you pain is not causing you pain anymore like it's natural to move up the scale so don't feel like you have to make all this work out of it because it's not work but we're just giving some practical tools to help ease your progression up the Mm -hmm. scale for when you need them that's beautiful thank you i haven't (laughs) had a good cry in a long time actually i just cried like three (laughs) hours ago (laughs) You don't always count on Kels for a good. And I cried again, like last week. A good cathartic cry. (laughs) I mean, for me, I feel like it's just my body's way to release. It's not, it's usually not about sadness, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's usually from frustration or stress. Mm-hmm. Or if I've just been really going really fast or just pushing against stuff, or there's just been tension building in the body, like if I can just surrender and just like lay in my bed or just sit in the pool or just do something where I just like let the water come out of my eyeballs I always feel much better afterwards it's true everybody feels better after they cry there's a reason we do it there's science to it too I don't there know is exactly science. what it is but there is some science where you're like releasing these hormones through your eyes and it's not in the body yeah. and it's this whole thing um so yeah if, if you need to cry it out just cry it out there ain't no shame in the crying game <laughs> Definitely not. And I like that you said like, it's not about work because if anything you can count on Abraham Hicks for is like, stop with all the work already. Like they do, (laughs) they do everything they can to make it as easy as possible. And I think the the message that I've always heard with Abraham Hicks is like, we're not trying to tell you to do more things. We're trying to get you to remember what you already know. And Things like crying, you know, your body already knows there is such a beautiful wisdom in your body to know what it needs. If it needs to cry, let it freaking cry. If it needs to dance, let it dance. Your body knows what it needs. Your body knows what your mind needs, right? Like it's just how it works. So we have such a deep wisdom within us that this guidance scale is really just helping you to unlock that wisdom and ask yourself the important questions of, you know, what am I feeling and why? am I feeling it? It's just as important as the what, the why, and, and, you know, what would I like to believe instead, all of these things. And I'm glad that, first of all, I can always count on you, Kels, to, to remind our listeners and me sometimes too, that you have to sit in it. And I 
completely 100% am a fan of sitting in it uh, with, with again, the little disclaimer that you don't want to sit in it too long, but yes, you definitely want to ask yourself those questions because as I always say, you will never regret knowing yourself more. You will never regret knowing why you feel what you feel and how to navigate those feels a little bit with more ease, you know? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about knowing thyself because (laughs) this ties into the emotional experience that we all have as people. You actually can't know yourself if you don't have a relationship with your emotions. True. Because your emotions, yeah, your emotions are telling you what works for you and what doesn't, what your preference is and what isn't, how you're feeling, your important personal truths are all coming from your emotions. If you don't know what you're feeling, if you don't know how to feel, if you can't identify, if you can't ask questions, if you can't be with that, or if you're not willing to, it's not that you can't, it's probably that you're not willing to, then you're not going to touch your personal truth very often. And you're going to feel that you don't know yourself. And I find this with a lot of clients who come to me, they feel like they don't know themselves. And I think it's more so that they're not that in touch with how they feel. So how can they know themselves, you know? And I don't blame people for not wanting to be in touch with how they feel because it can be scary. It can be painful. I get it. We don't like that. It's uncomfortable. But well, and it's not exactly something that most of us were taught as children either. Right. We were taught to stop crying and, you know, God forbid you're you're a boy, boys don't cry. Like, don't even get me started on that one. But there's so mm-hmm. many ways that we are taught to shut it down as kids that, you know, unless you grew up and in a adults. super- Definitely if you're feeling adults. bad, have a drink. If you're feeling <laughs> bad, take a pill. If you're feeling bad, do X, Y, and Z thing. Yeah. Yeah. Go shopping. We're um, really programmed to not be with ourselves. Not be with ourselves and to look outside of ourselves for whatever satisfaction might be sought. So um, that is the, what is it called? Um, instant gratification of it all. Not sustainable. The long game is definitely being with yourself and asking those hard, sometimes hard questions, but the long game is the one that pays off and is just so invaluable to the human experience. You know, I think, okay, guys, I lost my sense of smell last week. And I think that what you're talking about, Kels, kind of sounds like how I felt the last week, like, sure, you're existing, but like, can you smell the flowers? No. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Do you know what your husband's cooking in the kitchen? No, you do not. It's like you're living down a, you're living a dulled, dimmer version of who and what you could actually be when you don't take the time to really know what makes you tick. Uh, Yeah. You know. And I get it. We're on the podcast every week being like, feel your feelings. You can do it. But that's not the sexy. That's not the sexy thing. I know it's not sexy. I know it's scary. I know that it can be very, very nerve wracking to start this self love work, this getting in touch with your feelings. But I promise you, Mm -hmm. I promise you, I promise you that it is worth it. Because what's on the other side is you knowing yourself, you having intimacy with your own feelings, your own emotion, you loving yourself, you being able to hold space for yourself, and ultimately you being able to work through resistance like a mother ever. And then you can have anything that you want and you can feel anything and you're not afraid of life. And that, my friends, is freedom. 
So is it sexy? No, but is freedom sexy? Yeah. So sometimes you got to get down in the dirt. Freedom is so sexy. <laughs> freedom um, is the ultimate. Okay. <laughs> and I, and I, I do want to take this moment to mention too, that when, you know, the good news is when you decide to dive in and feel what you're feeling and ask the questions and get to know yourself. Uh, one thing that we do mention a lot is when you do that, it doesn't quite last as long as it has lasted for you. Because when you're trying to shove down, when you're trying to bypass, when you're trying to not look at the thing, you still feel it. It's just, it's just not as potent. You feel it, you know, it's there. It's like the big giant elephant in the room or in your mind. And you just kind of try to function whilst it's around where if you just acknowledge it and deal, it, it does not last as long. It is way more potent. So it processes. And then guess what? You get to feel the feelings of having all of that lifted off of you and finally being free of whatever the thing was that you tried to ignore for years or months or an entire relationship, whatever you want to call it. And, and that is the beautiful thing. So yes, it isn't sexy, but oh my gosh, think about how, like what opportunities and possibilities are going to be open to you once you don't have that burden anymore, you know? Yeah, and once you have been with your feelings a certain amount of times and you know that it's okay to feel and nothing bad's going to happen to you for going there once you've proven that to yourself and your body and your mind by actually doing it it gets so much easier and more so fun. much easier yeah it gets way easier and if you need help with that in the beginning that's what people like me and Lindsay are for we're here to hold space for you while you do that because it can be scary in the beginning um, but I've seen so many of my clients just become like fearless from having a practice of being in touch mm -hmm. with their emotions and just allowing the human experience to run its course through the body. It's yeah. not always fun, but it gets easier and it makes your life way better. And I always ask the question of like, and this isn't exactly how it works, but the question will kind of give you a gauge for like how willing or not willing you are. It's like, would you rather have a dull sense of pain for a long period of time or a more intense pain for a very short period of time? Like, would you rather right. get it over with or would you rather draw it out? Is kind right. of the metaphor, I and guess. It, you know, and at the end of the day, you've tried drawing it out. Like, this is something you know how to do. Let's try something else and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no harm in trying. You can always Most of us not have... do it anymore once you try. <laughs> yeah, most of us know what it feels like to just try to ignore right or shove it down because we feel like if it feels this bad now imagine how bad it will feel when I actually if I actually do ever acknowledge it and bring it to the surface but that's not really a fair translation um and I think that's a good metaphor yeah would you rather go through it still go through it but for a longer period of time or would you rather concentrate it live with it live in it think about it ask yourself important questions that will never leave you like the work you do when you process emotions will never go away. It's just something that you can add to your um, toolbox. It's something you can add to to your power. It's not going to just fade with the emotion, the value will stay with you, the emotion, the burden will fade. And that's important too, because once you have that tool, you can move on to the next emotion when and if it comes up and be like, Oh, I know this. I didn't die last time. Let's try this. And see how long it goes, see how fast, how much faster it can go. And Kelsey's right. The, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And it doesn't feel anything like you think it's going to feel when you're afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a practice. 
like anything, you know, we're not expecting perfection. We're just like, hey, if you're curious and you're willing to try, we're going to encourage you to try it because we know from experience that it makes your life way better in the long term. So, and we're about that better quality of life here on High Vibe Knit. That's kind of the whole reason why we do this show and why we work with people one-on-one and host retreats and write books and have memberships. Like we don't do this for nothing. It's so people can live a better life, especially internally, because that's where the richness is. Mm. And ultimately everything outside of you is just a reflection and even if everything outside of you is perfect and your internal is not working out like you're still gonna have a bad time so what good is that exactly exactly I want to also point people to if you guys are into affirmations my first book hashtag actually I can all one word <laughs> the art of affirming yourself to greatness is basically how to use emotions in or how to use affirmations in conjunction with the emotional guidance scale. So to me, when I looked at the affirmation space, I was like, this is stupid because people are trying to affirm things that are way far off on the emotional guidance scale. And then they feel fraudulent or they feel the disconnect or they feel like they're invalidating their feelings. But what if you could use thoughts, mantras, and affirmations in a way that's congruent with the emotional guidance scale? And you can think a thought that feels slightly better. You can Mm -hmm. say an affirmation that helps you get to where you want to go in a more gentle way. And again, to use that same phrase, you don't have to jump the Grand Canyon. So if you guys like affirmations and the idea of the emotional guidance scale, pick up a copy of my first book because that one has affirmations for every like state of being for every area of your life. So like, if you're like, oh, today I feel shitty about my finances, you go to the page and then there's affirmations that'll help you feel slightly less shitty about your finances. And Mm -hmm. then from there, the next page helps you feel a little bit more optimistic about them and so on and so forth. So that's a really good resource, especially for beginners. Um, to get into the emotional guidance skill work from an affirmation perspective. Love it. Yes. It's a good one. That's Only why you goodie. and me are a match made in heaven because I shout it from the rooftop. Before we met each other, I was like, why does nobody understand why affirmations don't work for everybody? Why is, <laughs> why is no one talking about this? Because you know, in the line of work that I do is all about subconscious mind and subconscious language and how your mind does not take in information the same way. And Kelsey has a little bit of a different spin on it, but it's not, it is. And it isn't different because (laughs) we are both all about like, let's, let's figure out a way to say the exact same thing in a way that your brain and body will take it in as true. Whereas if you just say like, I am affirmations, you may not, you may feel like you're wearing shoes that don't fit. I do. I can't say those affirmations. And I'm a freaking hypnotherapist. It doesn't work for me. It's not one size fits all. It's where are you now? How do you want to feel? Let's figure out how to say it. And that's what I specialize in. And that's what Kelsey loves to write books about. Cause we both know mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Don't feel discouraged. If I am affirmation, I am affirmations do not work for you. Cause for half of the population, they don't <laughs> word. I'm going to take away from this retreat pure happiness, new friends, new amazing friends, and the confidence to live my life again. My favorite part, because it's the most important part, is the healing. I don't remember a time when I was more embraced and cradled, and there was an angel in every single woman in this group for me. 
every person deserves to have this experience, to have this awakening and to feel fulfilled in their life. I could not have asked for a better six days of my life. You become a better person, you meet awesome people, you go home with a whole new tribe of soul sisters. If you're thinking about doing this, do it. There's no reason not to. This October, I'm taking a select group of women to Mexico to experience themselves in a whole new light. Not only will we be doing the healing work, creating mindset shifts, and learning self-love tools, we will also be playing on the beach, resting by the pool, and bonding together in sisterhood. If you're feeling ready for the girls' trip of a lifetime, join us. You can apply today at kelseyaida.com retreat. Space is limited, so take inspired action now. And a pro tip, you can invite a friend to save $500 each on enrollment. I'll see you in paradise. Or dog. Men. <laughs> so yeah, I'll link to that in the show notes for you guys for easy access. But let's go into these prompts. These prompts that you were teasing at the beginning. Well, I kind of did it already, um, okay. but I can definitely do a review. So the prompts yes, that I use um, are, where am I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> where am I? What am I doing? Where am I on the scale? Uh, how do I feel? And that goes to what Kelsey mentioned also is, is why am I feeling this way? Honor that emotion. The, the whole name of this game is like, whatever you're feeling on the scale, we're not going to judge it here. This is not the point to judge it. There really isn't a point that that would be like identifying to you is helpful. I, identifying Judging, is helpful. Not helpful. Holding space. Exactly. Holding space for yourself and feeling the feeling because there is very likely a very good reason for you to feel exactly what yes. you're feeling. And I would, can I just pause yes, one please. second to add a little like under bullet to what you're saying of there's always a good reason why you feel how you feel and it's helpful to to figure that out i think so you can make sense of it but if you can't figure it out just assume that there's a good reason and you yes. don't know what it is yes <laughs> and assume that, it, in, that there's yes. a valid reason for why you feel how you feel and then you can move on from there <laughs> yeah and chances are the, the that knowing has already come to you but you're choosing not to acknowledge it and that's okay too but like it's very rare that i've ever like just not known where it's coming from and usually i try to just deny that as the reason but yeah, yes, just assume there's a good reason. It is never an accident. You are way too perfectly made to be accidentally feeling shit, okay? Doesn't happen. So uh, where are you? Why are you? Where are you on the scale? Why are you feeling this way? And then once you can hold space for that and be like, well, I'm feeling this and, you know, damn right I'm feeling this because this is what, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, take some time in that. And then maybe I'm ready to move up the scale. What is one thing I can do or what needs to happen for me to feel a little less worried or a little less disappointed? Um, and then, you know, if you want to, if you're already at the, past the boredom into the good feelings, like the hopefulness, positivity, and you still want to move up the scale, you know, I'm feeling pretty positive, which is good. I love to feel positive. Here's why I'm feeling positive. Here's why I'm feeling hopeful. What do I need to do? How can I move more into satisfaction and be okay where I am now while also looking forward to the future with optimism and eagerness, right? So that's kind of a way to move up the scale. And there's always something. And, and if you can't, if you truly can't think of anything in that moment, write down a few ideas, but if you really don't have anything just say universe or angels or guides or ancestors, whatever, 
I'm ready for you to show me what needs to happen, what I need to do for me to move up the scale. And, and that can be it. That can be your action for the day. Just like putting it out there that this is an intention for you and that it's going to come when it's supposed to come. Um, and then from there, like if you have successfully taken in this practice, if you've successfully moved up one step on the ladder, you can ask yourself, what happened? What do I need to do to move up two? And if you can't and not ready for that, don't push it. But if you can, and you're like, you know what, maybe I can move three. Who knew? I don't know. Maybe it's, there's a nice like bit of optimism in that as well. So if you can do it until you don't feel comfortable moving up anymore, or if you've reached the top. But like I said, sometimes it's not about feeling good. Sometimes it's about feeling less crappy about the situation. And so take it, like Kelsey said, it's nuanced. Take the emotion, take where you are in your life and, uh, and navigate it. And, and again, you'll get better with practice. But those are the things that I think for me have been like a fail safe, even when I'm at my most resistant and I'm like, I don't freaking want to do anything, you know, like that really like, uh, combative. Sometimes I do. Sometimes if I'm pissed off, I don't want to feel better. And I think that's okay. Sometimes too. you just want to feel pissed and that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. That is okay. <laughs> and there is a time and a place. I've been in so many sessions with my practitioner where I'm like, oh, I just feel like this and I want to feel better. And he'll just be like, but do you want to feel but better? Because <laughs> it seems like you kind of just want to feel how you feel. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're right. That's why I still feel like this because I want to be mad. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be frustrated. And, that's and cool. there will, and that just means there's more to work through, right? But But when you are feeling like maybe I'm over it, maybe I don't want to feel this way anymore. Maybe I'm ready. That's how you know to start asking yourself these questions, you know? Yeah. Once you've like felt the feeling and opened up the space to feel better and you're ready for some relief, then you can go for those practices and those questions and like questions that I always tell my clients to ask themselves or like questions that I use too would be like, what's the most self-loving thing I can do for myself right now? Like after you have just yes. been through an emotional roller coaster, like, okay, what's something self-loving I can do? Maybe it would feel really nice to go for a walk or you know, to drink some water because I just exerted a lot of energy feeling how I was feeling or maybe it feels good to eat my favorite comfort food or watch a nice movie that always makes me I thought you were going to say whatever. I thought you were going to say eat my feelings. <laughs> well, basically it is that. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to eat them feelings. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's wrong. You know, I don't think so either. Um, I don't think there's any wrong way unless it is like actually hurting you. Yes. Yes. I think I would label that as like not beneficial once you're getting into the hurting yourself or hurting others category. But as long as you're not doing that, then you're in the clear, you're good to go. So the self-love question is one. And then also you can just ask yourself like, what would bring me the most relief right now? Mm -hmm. How can mm -hmm. I just move towards relief? Even if I'm not moving towards my best feeling self, feeling super happy and excited, like what is something I can do or think or say or feel or stop doing to just move in the direction of relief? Sometimes that's just Ooh. surrendering to the moment. Sometimes that's just laying on the floor. Sometimes that's just dropping that thought altogether. This thought is not serving me. It's making me crazy. Moving on, <laughs> you know? So that can look yeah. so different for any different person in any different scenario, but Really, the self-love question, the relief question is another um, another way to help ease you into the next phase once you're ready to feel better. You know what I did that was self-loving this weekend? What? I spent all day Saturday and Sunday 
doing my genealogy and watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended editions. <laughs> and then I moved to the Hobbit. So to, so I actually am four, I've completed four out of six movies and I have the next, I think I'm going to do it tonight. I think it's Yes, happening. queen, work that movie binge. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good just just there's never a bad time to watch Lord of the Rings there just isn't a bad time so if any of you have never seen Lord of the Rings I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that you've missed out but you can still look at you still watch them any any moment and bring you so much joy although it doesn't bring my here's what's annoying my son the 10 year old loves Star Wars did you see my face okay I do not like I'm not a Star Wars fan but but he got into it with his dad and I'm like that's great that they have a thing so I'm like you know what I'm gonna make him watch Lord of the Rings and then he'll be like into it with me because not really anyone else besides my husband is like into these movies with me and he's just like eh I'm like what you picked Star Wars over Lord of the Rings I don't understand it I just don't <laughs> understand it I cannot get into Star Wars different strokes for different folks. like Star Wars I'm not big into Star Wars or Lord of the Rings what about your dude no wow he's big into sleeping through movies <laughs> regardless of the movie hey so is my husband that's something they have in common <laughs> he literally spends like 30 minutes trying to find the most perfect thing that he's gonna fall asleep to because he knows sleep that's his thing he loves looking at everything oh maybe i'll watch this maybe i'll watch that maybe i'll watch this meanwhile i'm just looking at him like you know you're gonna sleep through it no matter. But is what. it bedtime or is it just any time that you just mm, fall asleep? It could be any time, but usually like the end of the day, like after dinner. But not bedtime. Definitely not bedtime. <laughs> I definitely had a phase in my early 20s where I would pick a movie to fall asleep to, and it was always either Harry Potter number two, or Pirates of the Caribbean, or number one, or Lord of the Rings, number one, two, or three. And like then any the crazy of thing that blows my mind is that he will be sleeping, snoring, sleeping, dead asleep. And if I turn it off or change the show, he'd be like, hey, I was watching that. <laughs> like, no, you weren't. He's like, but the dialogue, you got to have the dialogue. Like for him, it's like the white noise. So it has yeah. to be like people talking like, I don't that know. I think so it soothes his funny. like anxious body. So he can just feel like not alone. And there's people I did read somewhere. Tell me if you've read this, but I did read somewhere that the reason why anxious people um, or people with anxiety tend to go back and watch the same shows over and over is because it gives them that familiarity, that like comfort. Oh my gosh, it's like a, yes, I it have does done that with Vampire Diaries a thousand million <laughs> times. <laughs> once once was good enough for me. I haven't rewatched that one, but but That's I do do that. I do that with The Office. I do that with pretty much any movie, like fantasy movie that I've ever seen before. Um, yeah, it, it is. And it's true. And, you know, maybe uh, people, listeners can contend, can agree with this. But yeah, anxious people tend to watch the same thing over and over. Even though you think you're going to watch something new, you end up <laughs> going back to the same thing because it it's, gives you that like, it soothes you. It's true. That goes, that goes back to my tidbit of like, the self love, maybe eating something that's soothing or watching something that's soothing or that's like exactly what I was talking about before. Because mm -hmm. I know I'd be watching Vampire Diaries. I'd be watching Anastasia. I'd be watching, what else do I like to watch? That's like soothing, brings me back to what I know. Sleepy Hollow for me. Mm. Definitely. Sleepy Hollow, Pirates of the Caribbean, any Harry Potter. <laughs> well, any Harry Potter, no, one, two, or three. Four, five, and six, and seven kind of get a little dark. I can't really 
doesn't soothe <laughs> me as much. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, everybody has it. Everybody has those things. And, you know, it, just figure yourself out so that you know what you can do to soothe yourself. So Kelsey, I think we have to wrap up soon, don't we? But I do have a question before we go for the Patreon. Are we doing Patreon today? Yeah. Before we do the Patreon. And I encourage listeners to do the exact same thing I'm about to ask Kelsey. But Kelsey, what are you going to do today to give yourself some relief or to soothe you in a way that only you can do it? Today, my particular medicine will be just not thinking about the thing that's stressing me out for the rest of the day. I'm just going to give myself permission to put a pause on that. And tomorrow it's going to get more resolved. And until then, I'm just going to enjoy my day. I'm hanging out with my parents at their house in Savannah. So I'm just going to enjoy them and enjoy the nice weather and do something fun and not worry about it. That is a perfectly valid response. You're allowed to just not think about things sometimes. Distraction sometimes is the name of the game. But you have to do it consciously. That's the thing. You have to know that you're doing it. That makes all the difference. You have to choose it consciously, not like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm always subconsciously distracting myself with cigarettes and drugs and this and that. Right. You have to choose it. And then it becomes an empowerment practice. And I like that you mentioned, like, I'm just going to put a pause on it today and it will get more resolved tomorrow. That is such an empowering thought because even if even if your empower empowering thought, sorry, let me say this in English. Even if your empowering thought is really giving power to the powers that be, to the you know the universe or the the the, the guides, that's fine. And that's basically what I do when I feel like that. That's what I'm going to do today. Is when I when I feel disconnected, and that is when I know like there's something that needs to be figured out because I'm feeling disconnected. That's how it translates for me. I don't feel connected to the universe. I don't feel like, you know, I'm not connected to my ancestors or my guides or my angels. Cause if I did, I know I would feel a million times different. It is such a beautiful feeling to have. So for me, it's just like trusting (laughs) that the universe is figuring it out. And that all I have to do is do things that fill me with joy And today that's going to include a lot of conversation with my ancestors and my guides. And today's my second great grandfather's birthday. Not that anybody cares, but it is cool for me because I've been doing a lot of my genealogy. So I know these things now and it's, it adds such a deep for me, such a deep layer of connection to just everything. So any way that you can find that connection, I think, um, is, is, is such deep, uh, healing energy so that's really yeah cool. that's what i'm gonna be doing maybe and i'm gonna be watching do, the hobbit of course maybe we should do an episode on ancestor stuff oh my god so don't tease me Kels, do and not we could talk about honoring our ancestors and i have some pretty <laughs> badass ancestors we could get into Yay. that cool stuff that could be Kelsey, don't tease episode. me because i will talk you know i can talk about this oh i'm teasing i'm teasing <laughs> it right now <laughs> yay okay well yes let's do it oh gosh you guys are in for a treat now here we go <laughs> but for now fired up. <laughs> for now this is such a fun conversation I hope that we've helped you kind of uh, like distill the information about the emotional guidance scale and maybe given you a new tool to help you navigate through these crazy things we call emotions and and learn more about yourself because I'm always a fan of that mm-hmm it's a ride. And I want to share the analogy for anyone who's ever been on a roller coaster. You know how when you go on a roller coaster, but you're fighting it and you're holding on for dear life and you're stressed out the whole time, how that creates a certain experience versus like once you've done that a few times and you're like, this is fucking annoying. I'm just going to go on it and enjoy it. And then you let yourself just let go and you let gravity take you up and down. And you're just like more limp and you have more fun. 
Wait, do you not like roller coasters? That you you. I'm an anxious control freak. Recovering. You're describing these roller coasters as like the worst things ever. Like yeah, I'm just so annoyed. But once I started to surrender to them, it was more fun and it felt more free in my body. So emotions are the same. It's a ride. It can be more tense or less tense depending on how you approach it. So I'll just Mm -hmm. leave you with that little tidbit. We love you guys so much. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to add on to that real quick. I promise this will be quick. I promise you guys. I promise. In the same vein, I have the perfect analogy for like trying to, yeah, trying to, to look away, to push it down, to resist. I went to Cedar Point, shout out to Cedar Point. If nobody's been there, go to Cedar Point. Went to Cedar Point when I was in high school, was terrified of roller coasters. So of course, my idea was to go on the hardest, biggest, you know, tallest roller coaster at the, it was brand new, the Millennium Force, year 2000, woohoo. Um, but I was in line the whole time. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. I was so terrified of what was going to happen when I got to the front of the line and actually had to get in the roller coaster. And this is a long line. It's like 45 minutes to an hour at the time. And I was just sweating. And I was like, so anxious. And it was the worst. I knew that this was going to be the worst thing ever, but I got in it. And once it started, I had the best time ever. And that analogy is really just to say, the act of trying to resist it and trying to like prevent it. Let me say that the act of trying to prevent it is always worse than just freaking doing it. <laughs> it's just always worse. The build anyway, up is usually the build up worse yes. than the actual thing. <laughs> it was so much fun. And I'm not saying going through your emotions is going to be that fun, but I am saying that the, the trying to prevent it is going to be way more painful than whatever you're trying to prevent. <laughs> oh, I've been there. I know it. I know it. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Well, good time to wrap it up. We love you guys. Have an amazing week. If you want help feeling your feelings, that's what we're here for. Grab a copy of the book, work with either one of us one-on-one, come to the retreat. You guys have options outside of just the podcast. And that's basically it. So we hope you have a great week and we love you so much. Bye. Bye guys. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our High Vibinate community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe. Every week we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at lindsayrobinson and at kelseyaida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one. Oh,